reams of paper here. Um, David, could you put just the first picture on, which is a dingbat, I think. There we go. Now, I don't know if you know how to do dingbats. I'm not very good at them. Anyone know what that means? Raise your hand if you do, please. Oh, Sally's, Sally's got an idea, Sally Hart. Oh, that's what dingbats is. Yes, thanks for explaining that. Okay, no, I meant, can you recognize, tell me what you think that picture is? Malcolm. Pardon? Almost. Almost, you're on the right line. Let me say, it's a, Chris, it's a Christmas dingbat. Where are you? Well done. Incarnation. What does that mean? I think the last time I was preaching, I was telling you about Jesus in a human form. So that's Jesus <laughs> between the car and the nation making incarnation, just for those of you who don't know dingbats. Um, but what was happening this morning amongst us? The Spirit of God was working in our hearts so we could lift our praise and worship to him. Would you agree? And in a sense, he is present with us. And I loved what Sally said, because that's part of my talk a bit later on. Spending time with Jesus. Next slide, please, David. Now... Part of my talk is to explain, you probably can't see it, but I wonder if you can look very carefully. This was a meal I had in Israel. Now, I wonder if anyone can see something different in that meal I had. It wasn't fish and chips. It was something called a St. Peter's fish. Thank you, Anne, who's at the front, can see. It's got a coin in there. Okay, who can tell me the scripture, the verses in the Bible that that speaks of? Anybody? Uh, you'll have to raise your hand and tell me where you... The, who's saying something? Oh, Mary. Good. It, it's how St. Peter, or Peter, paid the temple tax. Because Jesus said, he went to Jesus and said, They're wanting money off us, Lord. And Jesus says, go and get a fish, and you'll find two coins in the mouth of that fish when you've caught it, and pay the temple tax with that. And ever since then, believe it or not, they breed hundreds of these in Israel, these, these St. Peter's fish. And if you're special, like I was, you find sometimes a coin in them. A bit like Christmas puddings here. It is. It's just, it's just a bit like that. You find, well, the oldies amongst us will know that Christmas puddings used to have, what did they used to have? Eric, what were they? Frumps? Or now 5p? Anyway, anyway. So, part of the talk, my talk is how we apply the Word of God. And when Marilyn and I went to this particular restaurant, she decided that she, what, what did you have? Did you just have it filleted? You just had to fill it. But I thought I'll have the whole thing. And there was my coin to pay the temple tax. Hallelujah. Right, the next slide, please, David. Now, this isn't particularly clear because it's a very dark painting. 
because it's painted on wood. Anyone ever seen this picture? Marilyn has, yet. Yeah. We saw it in a museum in France in a town called Colmar. And this was taken from what's called an altarpiece. It was out the front of a church with, uh, where they, they used to serve communion from, right? And this picture was there. It's only part of the picture, and it's painted on wood. Can you have a look and tell me what anybody can notice about the unusual nature of the person that's in this painting? It's John the Baptist, right? Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> John the Baptist. But what do you notice about him? Pardon? He's pointing. Do you see the size of his finger? It's big. And what's that scripture taken from? That's a picture from a scripture. Thank you, Eric. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the artist is demonstrating a truth to people. This was, was painted, as I have written, this was painted in the 1500s. And people in the 1500s, in that part of France or Germany, it wasn't either of those countries really, it was, they were all independent places, that particular area, they, many of them couldn't read. So, on here is a picture, and where he's pointing in the other part of the picture is to the cross. To the cross. What's that saying without words? The size of the finger is saying, this is important. This is important. And alongside the picture, they've drawn a lamb. Have we not sang about the lion and the lamb? That, um, haven't we worshipped the Lord Jesus this morning in saying, the lamb who was slain for us? Also, alongside the picture, you can't see it, but just below here, there's a chalice where people would have had communion and the cross that's kind of put through the chalice. So for people who couldn't read the word, this was a very dramatic and important picture for them to consider when they came to church. The Lamb of God who has sacrificed himself for us. That's good, isn't it? <coughs> Let's move on to the next slide. <coughs> Vision for the coming year, I've put there, I think. <laughs> Are you willing to point to Jesus? If you want to just a phrase to sum up our vision in the coming year is pointing to Jesus. But then I put a few little ideas for you at home, at work, here at the bridge. And it's important to point out that this is the church. You are the church, not this building. 
Lots of good things happen here in the bridge. I was, I have to be honest, really disappointed that we couldn't expand this building there. We might do one time, you never know. Might come tumbling down, but who knows. But I was disappointed. But then God has said to me, David, look, the church are the people. I don't mind if we have to have two or three services because there are so many people wanting to come here because the church can grow as people. It's the people that are the church. Thank you. We are the church. And wherever we are, wherever we are, we are taking something of the Holy Spirit with us, something of the Word of God with us, and we are able to point to a Savior. And um, would you agree with me that our world is in a mess? You just hear the news from about England, or, or sorry, the UK, and you, you, you go to Europe and it's the same, and then you go to the United States and it seems even worse if we look at things politically. It's in a state. No one knows what's best. But I can point to a saviour who we've been singing about, who does, who's got an eternal destiny for anyone who wants it, who's got a plan for their life. That's why I was so pleased that we prayed for the young people and the children this morning in the way that we did it. So thank you, Ben. <clears throat> Wherever we are, we can take something of the presence of Jesus when we've spent time with him. And we put a little phrase up there at the end. Kitchen table church. In other words, we can explain the good news around the kitchen table or the dining table or the, in the lounge, wherever we are. And part of our vision from the eldership to you, is this simple fact that we want you to share in your homes something of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that will be one of the ways we can grow beyond the walls of the bridge. So we called it, in our document, I think, Mission-Based Homes and Lives. So we use our homes, we use our lives as a mission and use our homes and lives to serve him. <coughs> Excuse me. Next slide, please, David. I've started by asking you uh, a number of uh, questions, and here's another one. How do we live this life? How are we to live? The next slide, please, David. This is how I believe... Christians today, because we've got the resources of the Word of God, we can apply it to our lives. And Marilyn said, don't just say you've got to apply the Word. Give me some examples. So this morning, in a short time, I'm going to give you some examples of how we as a body and how we can in the future apply the Word of God as a body of Christians working together. Is that all right? What does it say there? Ah, this is the first challenge. When you read the Word of God, this is the challenge, how to apply it. And what does it say? 
we take it in humbly. God says things, and sometimes they're, they're a bit difficult to understand, or they're a bit challenging for us to respond to. And I'm going to illustrate that later. But, humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. And I want you just for a moment to think, what's in my heart? What's the message that God's given me in my heart as a Christian or as a seeker, as someone who wants to know about the Lord Jesus Christ? How are we going to apply that humbly into our lives? Think about it. I love Psalm 1 because it talks about the person who is blessed by God is a person who loves the law and looks into it and meditates on it day and night. So here from a modern version I put, day and night they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Is that our heart? The other challenge is on the next slide. <laughs> because John the Apostle writes about the Lord Jesus and he calls him the Word. So we can spend time, times with the Word, the written Word, but we can also spend times with the Word. Spend times with Jesus. I don't know if you've ever taken your Bible with you and sat in a chair or something and said, I want to meet you, Lord Jesus. I want to meet with you. A dear friend of mine called Alf Hughes did that every day once he became a Christian. And one day, it became a reality. He had a miracle. Because Alf, in the chair opposite him, was the Lord Jesus that he could speak to personally. And it was such a powerful, powerful impact. His life changed. He was already a Christian, but his life changed. Because he experienced the presence of Jesus, not just through the Spirit, which is very important, but it's also in reality. He met Jesus. We can learn about Jesus by meeting him, and we can learn this through the written word, which is often in Greek called the logos, and another Greek word is the rima word. And rima means the living, is living and it's the spirit. So we often say the Holy Spirit is talking to us or the Holy Spirit is prompting us. And sometimes people bring a prophetic word or they bring a prayer and they're led by the spirit. That's a rima word.
if we are to point people to Jesus, I want us to seek Rima words in different circumstances. You see, somebody wrote this, and I've written this a number of times on Christmas cards to people. The Word of God did not become a philosophy or a theory or a concept so we could discuss that, make it debate or ponder it. The Word of God became a person. A person to be followed, a person to be enjoyed, a person to be loved. Isn't God incredible in that through the incarnation, God was in human flesh and we can experience him. We can experience him because he's experienced every every challenge in life, every temptation, every experience. Jesus did that. And so he can be a wonderful friend to us. And when we pray to him, when we ask things, he understands our weaknesses because he's been a man. He's been here. He had brothers who rejected him. He had a father who died quite young, or young for him, he had a father who taught him how to work, how to build, how to make things out of wood, how to build new houses for people. Jesus was a builder. And Jesus wants to build us as well. And the Rima word is this, that he's experienced us and we can so learn so learn to have that kind of life, living spirit in us that that's makes us full of the word, makes us full of the um, enjoyment of the Lord Jesus, so that at our kitchen table or wherever, we can proclaim the goodness of our God. There's no other religion on this earth that's anything like this. Christianity isn't a religion, is it? It's a relationship. It's a relationship with the living God. It's so, so different. It's so important. And we've got such good news to share that you, whoever you might be, can know the Lord Jesus. You can know God. I also love this verse in John 14. It says the Holy Spirit can remind us of all he has said and in our case all that's written and all that we've learned about him. How many times have you ever been puzzled and prayed that prayer? Holy Spirit, remind me what you would have said about this situation. I had to pray that when... I was faced with a mother-in-law who needed to be looked after. And it was very easy that the Lord reminded me of passages in 1 Timothy which clearly say that if you are a believer, then you are to look after widows and you don't look after you don't let the church look after them. You do it yourself if you're the believer. 
You do it yourself. That's what 1 Timothy is all about. That's applying the word of God. And it was costly for Marilyn and I, but also we had some fun and we also benefited from having her mum in our home. We better move on before I get distracted. Because what I'm trying to look, look at into here is putting the word into practice. And it brings blessing. Now before we read that passage, I'm going to read another passage. I'm going to read, if you have a Bible, you can read with me, um, from, the, uh, from James chapter 1. In fact, if you want to switch over, Dave, to the next bit, which is about James, I think. Yeah, there it is. Oh, no, no, don't switch over. You're, that's applying it straight away. Go back to where we were. <laughs> I want to read from James chapter 1 and see how we might apply it. And this, again, is very, very challenging. Verse 19 of James 1, if you've got a Bible or a phone to look at, it says this. Dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Do you put that into practice? I find that quite difficult. Slow to speak, slow to get angry. And the reason is man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is prevalent. Ah, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. But do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. There's a promise there. You will be blessed when you apply the word of God. Now let's look at this one, this scripture. No, 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 go back, Dave, please. Sorry to confuse you. 1 Peter chapter 3 is a challenge for us as well. I'm going to read from verse 8. It starts like this. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. I'll just read it again so we get it into our spirit. The word of God says, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers lots of things. Oh, I got it wrong. 
Oh, sorry, folks, if you're confused. Yeah, thank you very much. <clears throat> okay, so I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 4. <sighs> verse 10. Oh, sorry, verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever. But in chapter 3, if we go back to that, so I got obviously confused myself. In verse 15, it says this. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. In brackets, to point to Jesus. But anyway, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Ready to share your testimony, your experience of the Lord Jesus, so that you can give a reason for the hope that you have. If there's something I'd like to ask everyone here to do when you go home tonight is to write down what's the reason for my hope? Why am I a Christian? Or why do I want to become a Christian? Why do I want to be part of a church? Why do I want to learn? What's the reason? Whatever age you are, Get that in your mind because you could be asked that question. Why do you go to church? Why do you believe? Those sort of questions come out quite naturally and often as a surprise and we're not necessarily ready. But I'd love us to be ready with an answer. Share the hope you have. And I trust you've got lots of hope. Let's move on. Thank you, Dave. You see, we do apply the word of God. James 1 verse 27 is applied on a Wednesday morning here because James 1 27 talks about caring for orphans and widows. And it also talks about what I've just been talking about. Testimonies, our testimony. So on a Wednesday morning and a Wednesday late, late morning, we do these things in the church, and Hannah and a team of people also care for the children, which is starting next week, is it? Not this Tuesday, not this Wednesday. Wednesday week? This Wednesday coming. She's starting it. Okay, so bless Ray and Olive for doing what they do. Is that on at the moment, Ray and Olive? Starting when? 21st of January, thank you. Third, thank you. 
So, I don't know what you call that. I forgot when I was preparing this. What do you call that? Bereavement support group. Thank you. Makes sense. Care for the bereaved. Good. I could have guessed that. So, we are putting into practice there, on a Wednesday, what the Bible asks us to do. That's good, isn't it? We'll move on, David. <laughs> Does it say hope for justice? Oh, yeah. You have been a blessing. I don't know how much money we've raised for hope, the justice, and family equipped yet. I'm told we'll know next week. Okay? But we've been blessed because... Alex and I lead, no, you're not a leader of the charity, you work for the charity, don't you? Support it, thank you. And I lead this charity, Family Equipped. But it's based on the Word of God. If anyone remembers, a couple of years ago, dear Alex preached on Micah 6, verse 8. Anyone know what that is by heart? It starts with this. I better read it to you in case I misquote it. But it's one that's very, very precious to me as well because I call it the Micah mandate. It's a mandate for Christians like you and me to serve. I can't find Micah. Okay, shout it out for me. Humbly again, do you notice? But to what justice? Act justly, to walk humbly. And what was the other bit? Love mercy. Love mercy. We use that word charity, you know. It's, it's to do with mercy, isn't it? That's what it's to do with, loving mercy. So thank you for your support for that. And Proverbs 11 I should know off by heart because I was in a car and for some reason God reminded me of this because I was in a situation where I was so upset with some young people who'd been abused by people in authority over them. And this is what God said to me. If I can find it in there, here it goes. Yeah, it is 31. Verse 8, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Speak up for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And that stimulated me to particularly seek to serve children with challenges and difficulties where local authorities and schools and other people working for local authorities find people with autism such a challenge. But God, God told me to speak up for them, to negotiate for them. So that's how Family Equip started. And you'll notice in that scripture it's very similar to the Micah mandate as well. Let's move on to the next one, David, please. Hebrews 13. 
it encourages us, and it was in the other scriptures as well about hospitality, but it encourages us very, very simply. The end of Hebrews, some very practical suggestions to do. Verse 1, keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are ill-treated as if yourself were suffering. And so, for a long time now, in our church, we have supported the persecuted church. We have supported those who have been ill-treated and those who are in prison. And there's always a prayer meeting going on about that. Please talk to Bruce and Anne about that if you want to know more, although I'm sure you do already. But that is based on the scripture. That is applying the word of God by praying for those people. And in fact, I see in the newsletter that there's a trip to Cuba. Is that right? <coughs> Are you going to that? You hope to go. Good. Praise the Lord. <coughs> and I expect you want some other people to go with you. Um, that will be good. Because in going to Cuba and you meet Christians who are ill-treated and persecuted to a certain extent, nothing like in North Korea, but you can show the love of God to them, showing that you care for them. And offering hospitality is really, really important, isn't it? Very quickly, on here, on the, board, on the wall there, not the board, you'll see something with a child, and it says on it, he's standing up, and it says, united. The next one, David, please. The children's work, or this, the united group, which happens uh, on a Sunday morning and also on a Friday, is a really fruitful piece of work. But I want to just point out that it's based on this scripture that I'm going to read to you, as long as I find it right, as long as I've got the reference right, and Sally's checking me. So Isaiah 6, uh, not Isaiah, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Okay, you can say lie. I like the beginning of the paragraph. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We <coughs> literally, Marilyn and I have seen that statement on the doorposts of people that live in Israel. Jewish people believe it and do it practically. And I notice that many of them, when they leave their house or come in, touch it to say, I love the Lord my God. That's what they're I illustrating. We don't necessarily have to do that. But the important thing that I'm getting from that scripture is how important it is that we share the word, we apply the word to young people. And I was so blessed because Claire and uh, probably Sally and Ben and a few other people put together something which is six pages of their vision for the children's work. 
and uh, I'm not going to read it to you now because there's a lot, but just to show you that we want <coughs> our, chi our children to love the Lord their God with all their hearts. And they put to hear God and to hear the Holy Spirit. It's basically <coughs> what I've been talking about today. <coughs> Sorry about me coughing all the time. What a wonderful vision. <clears throat> and I was so pleased that the children stayed in longer for that worship time. I was really pleased. We had a longer time of worship because that's part of them learning. Now we're going to pray in a minute. And so I want to suggest, I saw Kathy going out to put the coffee on. <coughs> she didn't know how long I was going to talk, but I'm going to finish by praying but I'm just saying to Claire, if I can, do bring the children in, because when we pray, that also helps the children. <clears throat> we want to talk with them about the Lord. We want to sit, walk, lie down with them. You know, it's really blessing when people lie down for bed and the parents go and pray with them or <coughs> read something to them from the Bible. That's what the Bible says. When you do that, you're applying the word of God. Quickly, let's go on to the last slide, please, if there is one. Oh, that's just a summary. But 2 Corinthians 5, <clears throat> when I said to the Lord, what, does, what, what word do we, what, what will sum up what our vision is? And he gave me this scripture. So, I'm going to read from it, and we'll conclude with this, and then we'll pray. And I want the children to be involved in how we pray. So, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think, is it? Yeah. I hope I got this one right. Yes. Verse 16. From now on, it says, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view those we once recorded Christ, regarded Christ in this way. But we don't do that any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Adults and children, that's the essence, the absolute essence of what being a Christian is. You can become a completely new person. All this is from God, who has reconciled himself to us through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what it's saying is that God through Christ is wanting to give us Four arts. <coughs> this is how I want us to pray. He's wanting to reconcile us to God. Christ is wanting to reconcile us to one another. That's why we can love one another. He's redeemed us. He's released us. He's restored us. And he's renewed us. And if you this morning are thinking, what does redeem mean? This is the most wonderful thing. I, this is for the children as well to listen to. 
How many of you have ever had tokens and you have to give in the token to get something because someone's bought you a present? Like, I've still got a present that is from Notcuts Gardening Centre and I can go to Notcuts and it says on this gift voucher, we might call it, it says, you are to redeem this before January 2020. Gives me plenty of time. <coughs> what does that mean, redeeming a coupon? It simply means this, that someone has given me a gift, has already paid, so I can get something from that shop. Yes? How many of you have ever redeemed your vouchers? Thank you, you know what I'm talking about. Good. But here's the amazing, amazing truth that Jesus paid for you and me. When he died on that cross, Jesus paid so you can be released from sin and released from the consequences of sin. Jesus paid for you to be released. Jesus paid for you to be completely restored. Jesus paid so that you can be completely renewed. That's what becoming a new creature is all about. Isn't that wonderful? And then there are four W's. So there are how many? Four R's and four W's for you to remember. We spent a lot of time this morning in worship and <clears throat> because I've talked a long time, we've had a long time of receiving the word. But your testimonies are the word as well, yeah? So worship word, witness, and finally, wonder. My final comment before we pray is let's expect wonderful things to happen in our midst, in our children, in our youth, amongst us, amongst our families. Wonderful things. Now before I get on, carry on even more, I want us just to finally pray and I would like at least four or five people to come forward and pray for us. So if you be prompted to pray, will you just come and join me now? Pray for us as a congregation that we can enjoy the four R's and we can actually see wonderful things happening in our lives. Anyone else want to come and pray? I'll be grateful if you do. Thank you. Okay, Mary, you can go first. Thank you very much. Father God, we stand before you and we thank you that your mercies are new and fresh each morning. And Lord, as we start this new year with this um, new uh, word put before us for Solihull Christian Fellowship, Lord, we welcome you and thank you that you feed us through your word yes. and you enable us to do what you're asking us to do. But we praise you that you have redeemed us. Yes. We praise you, Lord, that you stepped out of heaven and came for each one of us. And we welcome that truth. And we pray that that will strengthen us in these coming days as you encourage us to be bold, 
We thank you that you said we don't have to fear. We thank you you said it's not by our might, but it is by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you this morning we've experienced some of your spirit. Yes. And we're expecting, Lord, as we step out and step forward, you will keep filling us afresh, Please new every day, Amen. new every morning, fresh is your faithfulness to us. And so expand, Jesus, into our community. Expand into our families. Expand into our workplaces through our voice, our hands, our feet, our hospitality. Yes. We welcome you. Amen. I felt I really wanted to pray this this morning. This is a real prayer of commitment, a prayer of dedication for ourselves. It's the Methodist covenant prayer. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you, or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine, and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for our elders that have sought you and have brought a vision for this coming year. And rather than just saying, well, that's nice, and we'll add it to the list of all the other things that we're going to do, Father, I pray that today we would determine in our hearts and in our minds that you have equipped us with everything that we need yeah. and that we will decide this year to be those signposts to you, Jesus, that we would actually choose to take our eyes off ourselves and what we think and what we feel and what we're scared about and we would actually be those children that point them to our Father yeah. who is good. Hallelujah. Who is good, who is awesome and wonderful. Amen. Amen. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will help us to take it to heart. Not only for it to be words of philosophy, but realizing that the word is Christ himself. And we pray that you will live within us in a greater way than ever before. That this coming year shall not be just an ordinary year. We want to see you move in power by the your Spirit, Lord, in and through your people. That means that we have to be willing to respond to whatever you ask us to do, whatever you ask us to say, wherever you ask us to go, so that the name of Jesus shall be glorified. Pour out of your Spirit, we pray, upon this place. And Father, I pray now for this congregation that you will smile upon each and every one 
that the name of Jesus shall be glorified. We want your will to be done, not the philosophies and feelings of men, but the will of Almighty God on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be so, Father, we pray, for we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, uh, I thank you for reminding us this morning of that word humility. Lord, I pray that each one of us would know afresh this day mm. how much you love us, how much you care for us, and how you watch over us. And Lord, how much we have to be thankful for. Lord, you've redeemed many of us here this morning. And that redemption is a continuing process. Yes. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you for all that you've done for me, all that you've saved me from, all the times that you've protected me, many times when I didn't know it. Yes. And Lord, out of that humility, out of gratitude for all that you've done for me, Lord, give me the heart to reach out more to other people. That, Lord, they might know your saving grace. That, Lord, others might know the blessing, the blessing each day that I have in you. Lord, help me not to be selfish. Lord, help me to share the good news this year. Lord, help me to do it in ways which are meaningful. And Lord, in ways which reach people where they're at. Oh, Holy Spirit, work in and through me, I pray this year. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, David. Just, just a word. I'm rather nervous coming up here, but I really feel God has said, be bold and strong and banish fear and doubt in your hearts and your minds because he is with you and his word promises that. And I think to do all the things that we're going to do or asked to do, we're going to need boldness and strength. And his word says that he'll give it us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's nothing to add. You know, but to walk out really what we've heard. So don't just file it away. Um, it'll be on the web. Walking out and applying the word is key. So church, enjoy fellowship with one another at the beginning of this year. Enjoy the rest of your day. All our groups start back over the next week or so, and we look forward to seeing you. So have a wonderful afternoon. Be blessed.